ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. Joining me yet again this week to discuss the born supremacy is Mr. Alex Duwehi. Alex, welcome back. Thanks, Nathan. Good to be here. Uh, it's good to have you. So tell me, we're going to jump right into the born supremacy. Let's do it. What did you think? How did this compare to the born identity, the first one, the precursor episode? So like I said last week, when I watched these a long time ago, the born supremacy ranked, I think, the least on my list, last on my list, because really? I think I remember the least about it. But watching it again this week, I was really impressed with it. And I really did enjoy it. There are a few moments, like I, I was talking to you about, where the camera angles kind of seem jumpy, almost for no reason other mm -hmm. than... For the born identity. If, no, for the born supremacy. Oh, the supremacy, okay. Yeah, it, the camera angle seemed a little jumpy. And I don't it, it could have been intentional. Sometimes it seemed maybe overdone or you know, kind of not necessary at that time. But overall, the story, I mean, we get to find out more about Bourne. Um, we get to, to see him on, you know, another action. I, I some had some of the best action sequences um, I think I've seen in, in many of the movies that I've watched. And uh, overall, I just, I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, if you want me to give you the overall... So, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, full spoilers, and as we mentioned last week, we've changed the format a little bit. Mm -hmm. So these are our entertaining thoughts. We're going to go straight into them from here on out in each episode. Can't hold them in. Can't hold them in. No. Which is bursting at the seams, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready to talk The Born Supremacy, and I want to preface this by saying, this movie, when I think of The Born movies, I think of this movie probably the most, because Damon is on in this mm -hmm. movie. The acting is great. The Pamela Land Pamela Landy Landy whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. She is an awesome character. Yeah, I, very intriguing. Yeah, and she doesn't take any nonsense. She is in control of that room, in control of everybody. When she gets her her, I love the uh, the scene between her and I'll call him Striker because I can't remember his Stryker, name. Striker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember that scene between him and her when he first tells her that she has clearance and that she's mentioning all this stuff. His his reaction is <laughs> he's coming yeah. back. It's like I don't know anything about that. Then she starts mentioning it, and he's like, "Oh, ugh. Mm -hmm. I love that scene." Yeah. So she is in full command and control of this. In fact, we see her. I think we see her before we see Born in this movie because it opens up in that op right. that's going to go bad in Berlin. Right. And so you don't know who this character is. She's new to the series, and. You see some familiar faces. I think that, that one guy that was the underling of Stryker from the first one is in that room, too. Or maybe not. I can't remember. But you get this, this op going bad, and then you you see... You think it's going to go bad from one side of things, right? You think it's going to be just something went wrong, but then you see the other character going in at the same time doing this other stuff. Right. Putting the stuff, the the explosives on the power grid, putting that tape up there that has a thumbprint on it, and you're kind of putting things together from that point of, uh, point of view. Right. Really great opening scene. Yeah, very well filmed. And then it goes right to, to Bourne after that. You know, he's, he's in... Goa, India. Goa, India. Really? Yeah. I, I knew it was India, but I, I never remembered it as being India. I thought it was like the Bahamas right, or the exactly. Caribbean or something That's like what that. I said last week. I remembered it being somewhere tropical. But, I mean, as we find out a little more about him and Marie... They have been having to move from place to place. Kind of running. Yeah, almost running, or or maybe it's paranoia. I mean, we, we see him like... So it's been two years, right? It's been two years. two years, yeah. But it kind of seems like he's the type of person that if he saw, you know, one of, the, one of the people from the CIA or somebody trying to come after him, I think he would go on the offensive like he did in this movie. 
So maybe it's paranoia that's had him jumping around for the last two years. Maybe he, you know, he just, I mean, he makes a comment in there that oh, we've worn out our welcome, our welcome. We need to go. We got, we got lazy. Yeah, and, like and just, we got lazy. Yeah, we were, we were too exposed, too out in the open, mm-hmm. and there's just no thought. They just hop in the car and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the life they've been living for the last two years. They're fortunate that they've been able to live it together. Um, so what are your complaints from the first Bourne movie where was the actress or the character of mm-hmm. Marie? Do you still have the same feeling and thought that you did before? Yes. <laughs> are you glad that she was exited from the film early? Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, yes. I, <laughs> I, I don't have... Uh, you know anything against the actress or anything like that? Do you think she uh, did better in her limited time in the movie here than she did before? About the same. The difference is I felt more for the characters because of her death, and I think it it spurned you know Jason to do what he did in this movie. I think the character death was very important. Well, he told Treadstone or yeah. whoever, if you come back for me, I'm bringing it down. Right. That's why I'm saying over the last two years, if they've had to move from place to place, it could have just been paranoia because if he even smelled them, mm-hmm. I think he would have gone on the offensive. And he was doing his job to stay away from them, obviously. Yeah. If they were hunting after him, mm-hmm. I mean, he. I, it seems to be like he said if they smelt, you know, if he smelled them or felt them, he would come after them. Yeah. He must not have, but he must have just been doing his job to stay on the move, keep yeah. on the run, mm-hmm. to make sure that that possibility of him having to come out and Fulfill his promise. Yeah. And doesn't maybe, have to take place. maybe after two years, they were like, okay, maybe we're tired of doing this, or they're happy in Goa, India, mm-hmm. and they just decide to settle down. And I mean, you can tell, like, you know, she's out by herself. She's walking around the town. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just kind of driving around, you know. Well, he's, he's running. Well, at yeah. that point, yeah. But I when mean, he first notices like, the guy. Running on the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, they're just kind of living their life. Mm hmm. Um, but it's short-lived, and I think it's important to the story that it, it happened the way that it did and and how it did. So it's pretty tragic, honestly, because, so if you think about it, the last, the the assassin that w- went to kill Bourne. Krill, I think his name is. Did they yeah. mention his name? Carl Urban. I only know him from Doom. I know him and from Lord of the Rings. Star Trek. And Star Trek, yep. <laughs> I knew I, I knew he was familiar, but I couldn't place him. He looked so young in this film, though. Yeah. That, that he was, was, the only he was thing dread, that, too, wasn't he? Yeah. He's been in a lot of things. Yeah, he is. So I, like, I knew him from somewhere. Face. You yeah. know the face. Exactly. So it was it was interesting because if you look at it, the last time that he sees Bourne in the car, he's in the driver's seat. Correct. Right? And he can't really differentiate between who is in what, what seat when he takes that shot. Right. He shoots at the driver. So really, Bourne could place this – he already places it squarely on him. Mm-hmm. But also a measure, obviously, with Treadstone from what he thinks at that point. He doesn't know that there's this whole other conspiracy to frame him for this whole thing happening. Yeah, there's this, this big confusion that, you know, he's interpreting that guy being there after them as something completely different. He's in, he's interpreting it as a Treadstone agent. Correct. Yeah, yeah. coming to finish the job. Right. So him moving uh, car or driver to passenger because she starts driving at one point where he starts to... What does he start? What is he doing when when they change driver and passenger? Is he like he's not shooting at the window or anything? Is he? No, I didn't see him doing anything. 
So I remember him. He leaned a seat way back, and you see him switch seats, uh-huh. and and then that's it. Yeah, and then after that, we we get to the point where I think he digs for a gun or something. He has a gun if he starts to shoot. They're they're far away. Right. The sniper sets up spot, and he can't verify which is which person, but he knows the last position he was in was in the driver's seat. He takes a shot at the driver. If Bourne didn't move, it would have been him. It would have been him. Marie probably probably would have died still. Because would have gone off, same kind of situation scenario. She might not have gotten out of the car, or probably would have drowned. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was important that it happened the way that it did because you could say that it it, it maybe it's on Born that you know she's dead because if she had never gotten in the car, that would have been the scenario in which she lived. Well, who she, who was it that said as soon as she got in your as soon as you got in her car? I think it was Abbott. Or it was Stryker. Stryker. Yeah, when he had him at gunpoint, he said, "You killed her." Right. The minute that you got in her car, the minute you came into her life, she was dead. Right, and that's referring to the last movie, the Born Identity, obviously when that happened. So Stryker's trying to put blame on him. Yep. Who is Stryker is in collusion with this oil guy? Yeah. From the Russian Russia, guy. Yeah. yeah. Who hires this? Carl Urban character to kill Bourne, to frame Bourne for this minute right. murder. Because, important to note too, that character actually killed those two agents in the beginning scene. The assassin. Right, yeah. the assassin guy. And they planted Bourne's fingerprints. Right. And that's what started the whole thing. Right. That's what brought Pamela Landy yeah. looking into Bourne and getting this, uh, you know. The, and I love how after this happens, after Marie dies, he goes on the grid. Like he just. Flat out, yeah. uses his passport, yeah. looks right at the cameras, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, he's making a mistake. <laughs> the only person that says he's not making a mistake is, uh, is it Julia Stiles' character? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. Because like, she had previous experience she, with them, yeah, and I'm sure Abbott guys. would vouch the same thing. Yeah. It, it, it's a message. He's well, coming no, for Abbott you. Well, Abbott said he's making a mistake. Abbott's just being a senile old fool at this point. Oh, you? Th- oh, Abbott said that. Oh, Abbott okay, said he's making okay, a mistake, wow, or maybe for a mistake. Yeah, I don't know what... What he was thinking. He should know more than anybody. Well, you would think so, but he was kind of detached from this project. At least from the from the sense that we get between the, that movie and this movie, that it was uh, the other guy. Yeah, the Chris, Chris Cooper's character. That was running Conklin. it. Yeah, he was running the project. That this guy was more of the, I'll sit in meetings and answer the questions and figure out the budget, you take care of it type mm. situation. Yeah, yeah. So he may not have known. Like, he must have just assumed, like, oh, he's making a mistake, but... He didn't. Obviously, he wanted to be caught. He wanted to start this process to mm-hmm. figure out what was happening. And it was just so brilliant, right? Yeah. He gets caught. Not caught. He gets taken to the interrogation room. A guy comes in there. He's like, oh, i got to question a guy. His name came up on a list. They have no clue who he is yet. Mm-hmm. He just sits there quiet, you know, the whole time. And then he gets the call from Langley, and they tell him, dude, this guy's a priority agent. You don't let him out of your sight, right? Yep. As soon as he hangs up the phone and tries to pull his gun... You get that, <laughs> you get that sound, and then he just starts. We see Bourne. He's back. Yep. He's he, one like neck chops the guard behind him, takes the gun. I didn't even see he did so fast yeah. how he put the the agent on the ground, but then he takes you know his SIM card, copies it over, gets the, so yeah, good. so fast, so fast, gets out of there so quickly too, yeah. like. They don't mess around. You're in a U.S. embassy. You've got the, their military guys there. They're starting to swarm the whole place. Right. And he gets out. It's just so good. I mean, very very much like the first one Yeah. where he kind of escaped from that area. But yeah. they didn't draw, they didn't, you know, 
what can I say? They didn't copy what they did the first time. Yeah, and they didn't draw too much attention to it. It was right. just like, this is what was expected. Right. So, so good. This, yeah. J- Matt Damon as Jason Bourne, I forgot how much I enjoyed that character. And again, I think it's, when I think of Bourne, I think of this movie, I believe. I, I haven't seen Ultimatum in a while. I don't think so. So, it'll be interesting when I think of Jason Bourne, if it is more Ultimatum or if it's this one, because I think it's more this one. And I think, from what I remember of Ultimatum, is that it takes place right after. Right. Like, mm-hmm. this, the ending shot of the first one is pretty much the opening shot of and, Ultimatum, right? And, you f- and from what I remember, you find out the entirety of the Treadstone project. Right. And, and you know... And it gets into Blackbriar or something like that. Right. Which Blackbriar was mentioned in the first one at the end yep. of the movie by, mm-hmm. by Stryker. Stryker. <laughs> Stryker! I love it. But, uh... Yeah, I, w- I was actually really surprised how much I enjoyed this movie. I mean, from start to finish, the pace of the movie, um, the writing, the way it was directed. Uh, like you said, even the music is better. Mm-hmm. Well, not like you said here on recording, but the music yeah, is better so much, in this yeah. in this rendition, and it's more it's more reflective. distinctive, yeah, yeah, and definitive towards this is the born music, right? We're we're to that point now that there. Jason's theme is we kind of know what that is, and we still kind of know what's happening. But this movie isn't him necessarily. So in the last movie, it was more of a mystery, right? He was trying to find out who he was. Now he knows pretty much who he is. He's still remembering those things. Like we we see in that opening scene where he's trying to piece together his first mission. Right. He's remembering that when he's dreaming, but he's figured out who he is. And in this movie, stuff's coming back to him. Kind of like, you know, probably like how people would have post-traumatic reactions yep. to things. It's coming back to him in ways that he's not expecting. When he first sees, he's looking at the sniper scope, and he sees something. He killed two people in Berlin, they said, and he heard that. Right. And he, like, you know, backs away, remembers something, right. and then comes back in. It's just interesting storytelling and in how that they... they show him putting things together in this aspect. And I don't remember, when you watch these action movies, very rarely do you find yourself rooting for someone that has done maybe a lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. We don't know. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, uh, um, but again, he wasn't in control. Damaged. Yeah. He wasn't in control. Correct. And well, we, I think we get further we, definition. We don't know that uh, 100% right. yet. We get further definition and clarity on that very thing, I believe, in the next movie. Correct, yeah. So that's an interesting point is because at this point, everybody roots for Bourne, who mm-hmm. is an assassin, who is a killer. Yeah. And. But then they show the flashback scene where he walked in there and, I mean. He was going to poison. In the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, he had to change his plans, right, because the, the mother showed up. But, mm-hmm. I mean, very emotionless. He just did his job and walked right. out. And it's not something you see too often with the protagonist of the movie. But you still find yourself rooting for Jason Bourne. Right. Well, so the whole Jason Bourne, his name being Bourne, is like he's been reborn when he came back from his amnesia in the first movie, right? Mm-hmm. He's not the person that he was before. He's he's broken his mental barrier. Yeah. I mean, he still has the muscle memory of all his moves and that, what right. he can do, but he's not that person. He's got his, his humanity back. Right. And when you when you see that opening scene or no that him committing the assassination of that politician and his wife mm-hmm. it was supposed to be clean in and no no other people die except for the politician target key, yeah. and he doesn't know any reasons why he's just given the target and this is what you do go do it right exactly he's following orders right 
So the fact that he changes that so quickly, like he goes from one thing to the next so quickly, mm-hmm. plan B, and that it wasn't even questioned that it was it was definitely the wife that killed this politician that committed suicide herself. That was not questioned at all. Even the little girl grew up thinking that that's what happened. Right. So it's very impactful. There is this movie engrossed me even more so in the complete story to see what happened and what what was taking place, putting everything together along with Jason mm-hmm. and his quote unquote revenge on Marie's death. It all yeah. works in such a way that there's it's complex storytelling. Yeah. Right? It doesn't yeah, very much so. It's, I mean, especially for what what year? Two thousand four? Was it two thousand four? Two thousand four. This movie looks like it could have been filmed yesterday. Yeah, it really and I mean, with only a seventy five million dollar budget, I know that seems like a lot of money, but in comparison to like, you know, other movies that are double that nowadays for mm-hmm. a prime time action mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. It's what they were able to do with with this film for it to be able to stand the test of time kind of just shows they did a lot of practical stuff. There wasn't a lot of CG. Right. Something like that, right? There were some explosions, but there were most likely practical explosions. But one thing I love about this movie, and I think is the best iteration of such in any film that I've seen personally, is the closing car chase. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, very impressed. To this point, I believe my favorite car chase is probably in Gone in 60 Seconds. The, the newer one with Nicolas Cage, where yeah. they're chasing him all across. But that was very well... Or that was completely different, right? In this, you feel like you're in that car at times. Mm-hmm. And it's it's rough. It's not a smooth picture. You are you feel for the car, too, because that thing is getting messed up, man. Yeah. It's getting it's going around and up and down and landing in ways that don't, don't work and getting hit left and right. And you feel like you're in that car, that you are experiencing what Jason's experiencing. The way that it's filmed is magnificent. Yeah, and it's 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 sad because you don't you're not going to be able to see too many more movies like this that are. It doesn't rely on CG. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? CGI. There's there's almost none of it, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so eye popping. So wow, well, like it makes you feel it. Right. The only thing that could date this movie really is the technology being used like as far as like the cell phone and the yeah. computers. Mm-hmm. That's Definitely. it. Yeah. Other than that, it's it, it's all modern. Yep. And <laughs> it was kind of funny like in the first one when they go and when he goes like to the bank and stuff like that, you see other technology <sighs> pieces everywhere. They have this really intense hand scanner. Mm-hmm. And then at the CIA, they have CRTs. This yeah. They, it's, <laughs> it's like, anyway. Yeah. But I agree with you. Technology represented in films often makes or breaks the movie. Yeah. And when it relies on it, then it becomes dated. You look at a movie like, I don't know, The Net or something like that. Yeah. That was back when, you know, the internet was popular. or popular. The internet was new. Right. <laughs> and it was, people didn't understand it or hackers or something like that. And it's all like this representation that people don't really understand what it is. Movies that rely on technology get dated and don't stand the test of time, except for fantastical technology, like Star Wars, obviously. Right. That's still you something that you aspire to, in a way. Right, and even the ones all the way back in 1977. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, but for this film to stand on its own, to have an excellent story, to be the, the second, to be a sequel to a first movie that didn't necessarily need a sequel, but you got one, right. and you're satisfied with it. I was, anyway. Satisfied with the sequel, the continuation of the story, 
definitely, this movie is elevated. I don't know how to describe it, describe it, because this movie comes to me as someone who watched the first one, really liked it, and then saw this one. I think this is better than the first one for sure. It's got a, it's it's a different story. It's a different Jason Bourne story, right? Mm-hmm. The first one is about him finding himself. This one's about him vindicating himself. Yeah, definitely. So, and it, it, the way that it ends, it's it can again be an ending, a definitive ending. He goes off into the, you know, into the sunset, so to speak. Right. And he doesn't have to. He can go live his life again. He doesn't have to do anything else. He's been, he's like, I owe you an apology. You know, Pamela says, he's like, is that on the record? He's like, no, not officially. Of course not. No. Yeah. Yeah. And again, he's like, you know, get some sleep. You look tired. (laughs) I love that. Kind of calling back to that awesome moment before when he he says she's standing right next to you. I love that. Yeah. There's so much. That's a boring moment right there. That's like a classic boring moment. Right. Where he's just calls something out that, I don't know if I can do it. It's like, shouldn't be too hard. She's right next to you. That'll be easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. They did a great job in both the first one, now again in the second one, of leaving it open to interpretation, but being able to make the movie stand on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, even if you – I definitely recommend watching the first one. But even if you didn't, this it, one would still be good. So, so I was trying to watch it from that aspect is if I hadn't watched the first one, would I know what I need to know about the character? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't care anything about Marie, although I don't. I argue to say that you probably don't care about Marie, honestly. Uh, you wouldn't know anything about her, except that they were together. You don't know the circumstances of what they met right. or anything like that. You you know enough about Jason to realize that they tell you in this movie that he was a wall or he was presumed dead, came back. They didn't know quite what happened with him. But I really think that you need to watch the first one. Yeah. Definitely for to find out what he who he is, kinda like who how he found out who he is in a way and mm-hmm. what he's going through. Right. You need to find out how it originated. Because his journey as a character starts in the first one where he's finding out who he is mm-hmm. and he's he's going through that, that emotional thing where he's like, I I'm this person. I just had a meeting this person. I'm this guy. Or he mm-hmm. sees all this stuff. He doesn't know who he is. Right. He doesn't know his name until the end of this movie. His right. his real name. And that's why they, they left it open to interpretation so much, and if they ever did make another movie, which they ended up doing, it, it just a perfect transition into the next movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to do. It's really hard to do, because you either leave it as a cliffhanger, leave so much open that you have to do another movie, or you close it off so much that it's like, well, where are they going to go with this? I want to get your opinion on something. So Jason's motivation, right, in, in Russia was pretty much to go find that girl, of the parents that he killed. Right. He was going to do this while he was being chased. Mm-hmm. His, his, his motivation and his desire to, to tell her what really happened and to get some semblance of his humanity back outweighs the people chasing him. Right. You know what I mean? How, how does that influence your opinion of that character? Well, I mean, he's obviously strong-willed mm-hmm. because... He obviously not too concerned with the people chasing him, but it goes back to where he where he's been coming from. Like you said, his journey as a character, he knows what it's like not to know about yourself and about your life. And if you had known, how would that influence all your other decisions? 
as a type of person that you are. Mm -hmm. So he wants her to know as if he would want to know himself. Mm -hmm. And he changes her life, like, by telling her that information, because she's living in the slums, pretty much, like the projects, and grown up all her life thinking that her mother killed her father and then killed herself, right? Yeah, it's an awful... I mean, it was kind of confusing that she'd still had a photo of them. I mean, I guess you'd still want a photo just... Of your parents. Like, that's but, that's a complex photo to have because it's your mom and your dad. They're still your your parents, the people that brought you into the world. But, yeah. man, that's tough. The, I don't... They could have done something better with the photo where it wasn't... It was almost too perfect as if she had preserved that photo. I, I would have rather seen it maybe, like, crinkled up or you know, kind of shoved in a drawer somewhere or under a bed. You know what I or mean? Where it's folded, maybe? Yeah. Just to show the father? Or... Yeah, folded. Yeah, exactly. Where it's not as important to her, she's hiding that that pain, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be folded over the mother, wouldn't it? Yeah, because so you, you have the, the father showing. Yeah. And then yeah. you, like, fold the mother behind him because the mother is the one that, quote-unquote, yeah. killed the right, father. murder, suicide. And that, that, I, I don't know, I guess I would have rather seen that it would have been interesting to have that emotional scene, right, where she does that. So if the, the picture is kind of folded over and it kind of pans that for just a, a second or two, mm-hmm. and then after he leaves, maybe she, like, is reeling with things and looks at the photo. And then later on, during the resolution of the us, like, when they're doing all these other shots of people yeah. getting arrested and things like that. Uh, you could see her unfold, see her unfold it. it. Yeah. That would have been really powerful, yeah. really emotional. Very As powerful. it was, it still worked really yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can tell she's in the slums. She's... You know, I, all but given up on life just because of all the pain that she's gone through. And, I, I mean, I, her first reaction when she sees Born in there is, is this about drugs? drugs? Or money. Yeah, yeah exactly. how awful at, exactly. at her age. What's she, like 15 years old? She has to be more than that. She looked very young. I mean, she's not old at all. 18 at most. Yeah, and and I absolutely love the awkwardness that Matt Damon brought to the scene. But that scene was yeah. powerful, well, emotional. He, well, he didn't even know what to, like, it, it's like, I, I was watching this part of it with Molly, and she was kind of turned off by, like, when he was walking out of the room, he was like, I'm sorry. Um, and she was like, it was kind of misplaced, like, maybe it was bad acting or whatever, but I actually like the awkwardness there, because it's like... He is awkward. He what does, do you say? Yeah, I mean, he's he, he is not a... F- for what he knows as a human being, yeah. was stripped away from him. Yeah. This is him still trying to go down that journey to find his humanity yep. again. This is an integral step yeah. to getting back to his, to being able to be a human being. Right. So what's the emotion? I don't know. He, I just know I He is remorseful. Them. He is sorry. Yeah. He, he's trying to make things right. Yep, exactly. I know I killed him. I know what I would want, so I'm doing the same for you in return, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then just doesn't doesn't... Pat her on the back, doesn't show any sympathy, like, emotionally. It's just, I'm sorry, walks out of the room. Delivers information. That's all it is, right? I mean, and he's injured at that point, too. Like, he he looks beat up and tore up. As putting yourself in the shoes of that girl as she walks in there, he looks really bad. He looks awful. And he's Has got a gun, gun in his hand. Bleeding. Exactly. You don't know what to expect. Is this the end of me now? Yeah. Whatever. But the transition of... Him putting the gun away, explaining to the best of his ability as a broken person. Mm-hmm. That scene is powerful. This movie has a lot of great... If you look at it for more than just an action movie, there's a lot of content to really take in. Yeah, and again, just like we saw like in Star Wars, you see episode 4, 5, and 6. 5 is the most important movie. This 
without even seeing Ultimatum, this might be the most important movie in the Bourne series. Because there's so many different... His girlfriend dies. Mm-hmm. Abbott dies. He finds out his real name. He he almost... The CIA knows he's the, not dead. The CAI knows he's not dead and that he's not necessarily an awful person. Mm-hmm. Um, just Just a lot of eye-opening, just, you know, plot-changing things come to light in this movie. And it's just amazing the way that it was filmed. I love the way that it ended. Um, get some sleep, Pam. Look tired. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. <laughs> the, Nathan, the Nathan comes in. That's what I hear now. So, one thing about this movie that I like, too, that I almost forgot about was the fact that he fought a guy with a knife but he used a rolled-up magazine and beat yep. him with a rolled-up magazine. Yeah. And then he took that rolled-up magazine, stuck it in a toaster, took the, the gas line, walked out of there. Yeah. That, that scene is so boring, right? That's a boring moment. Yeah. You have Bond moments, that's a boring moment. Yeah. Taking that... He took a pen in the first one, took a rolled-up magazine in this one. Absolutely. And just... And it's interesting. So this, this guy was the last remaining Treadstone agent, right? So... He must have noon known noon noon. It is about noon. <laughs> he must have known that this that Jason was there or that something wasn't right because I think when he typed in that code, he called in his people. Yeah, because that could have been the only time, unless it was outside that you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Because it, when he says you called them, didn't you? He kind of pans to that thing mm-hmm. on the wall, that security device or whatever. So he. This guy seems like if he didn't call him in, they would have been fine. But he called him in, and then when Bourne kind of... Bourne lowers his guard. Right. And then he's like, well, what'd you do? And then he turns away, and then the guy starts to attack him. Mm -hmm. Kind of that fight-or-flight mentality, the fight kicks in, obviously, because he's not going to run away. Yeah, definitely. And then his place gets blown up by a toaster, a magazine, and some gas. It happens when you mess with Jason Bourne. (laughs) So overall, what do you... What do you think of this movie, and how would you compare it to what we've seen with Jason Bourne in The Bourne Identity? I think just like any actor playing any role, Matt Damon had to find his way as Jason Bourne. And I think he, just like in the first one when he lost his memory, he's trying to find out who he is. He's trying to figure out how to play Jason Bourne. And he does a good job in the first movie. But he's found how to play... Yeah, he found how to play Jason Bourne in this movie. And he plays it flawlessly. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole story from start to finish, everything that we find out and get to see in this movie, the way that it's filmed, the music, everything, it's definitely miles better than the first one. Definitely an improvement. Definitely. And I'm not sure how it's going to rank up against Ultimatum, because like I said, when I watched them years ago, I remember liking Ultimatum the best. And I'm the type of person that I like to know a lot about the story, Mm-hmm. And when I find out all those, I generally hover towards that movie as being my favorite because I found out so much information. You might find out more information. You might get more of those you know, plot-changing moments in this movie than Ultimatum, and I might end up liking this one better. Mm-hmm. But as it stands from what we've seen so far, it's an improvement over the first one, and that's hard to do as a franchise. Mm-hmm. And to the point of another big point of this movie, is, and I think this is his journey about finding his humanity, is that after Marie dies... He burns everything he has of her. Yeah. Right? He burns everything, and he pulls out this picture. He's about to put it in the fire, but he keeps it, right? Mm-hmm. And he he looks back at that picture at the end of the movie. He's he's finding his humanity because he's not burning what makes him human. His his trying to erase her from his memory is not what makes him human. 
remembering her and honoring her memory because he even says she wouldn't want me to do that. Right, and we see that twice in the movie. Once when he right. has the opportunity to kill Abbott and then once at the end when he has the opportunity to kill Krill mm-hmm. in the vehicle. I mean, he doesn't say it there, but he obviously wants to kill him, but he walks away. And that's the David Webb part of Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. Jason Bourne would have burned everything. Jason Bourne would have executed Abbott, would have executed Krill right on the spot. David Webb walks away and honors her memory. So with that scene, after this amazing car chase, I, I can't even begin to describe how much I love this scene because it's just visual. You have to watch it and experience it. Yep. So at the end... I love this scene because there's two tunnels. One's light, one's dark. Nice. He takes the light choice and walks out the light tunnel. Mm-hmm. Where he could have very easily taken that darker choice, continued being Jason Bourne or whoever, and not have learned anything or become a, a human being. Like, he's been trying to do this whole movie. It would have gone down that dark path again. Right. I love that scene, just the way it was shot, because he walks toward the light. Right. That and that's what we want him to do as a as a character. That's why we root for Jason Bourne. That's why I love this movie. And going back to watch it again, it's just I forgot all this. Mm-hmm. I I may not even have noticed it, honestly, before when I watched it. Because in two thousand four I would have, you know, just been watching a movie as a, a I don't know, eighteen year old kid. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that you really look forward to watching. This movie is so good. I I really really recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen a Bourne movie. Absolutely. That hasn't seen Matt Damon as an actor. He's it's hard to say my favorite Matt Damon movie because I like Matt Damon. Right. He's he's been in a lot of great movies, played a lot of great characters. I love him in The Martian. Mhm. I still haven't seen that yet, so But in this movie really solidifies why I like Matt Damon. The way he presents physical acting as well as emotional acting. Right. Definitely. Looking forward to uh, Born Ultimatum next week. Next, next for week. sure. It'll be good. So, uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at EntertainingPod. You are on Twitter, good sir. I am at D O U E 1 H 1. I am at Sith Nightmare, S I T H K N I G H T M A R E. And if you want to email the show, please do so at that's entertaining at gmail.com. Before we close out for this week, anything interesting on the entertainment front that you would like to mention? Um, been, I purchased and have been playing Dying Light, like I said, Mm -hmm. um, very much like Dead Island, but I'm very much into it. There's lots to do. So any good zombie lovers out there, definitely go for that one. Other than that, haven't been playing too much. Haven't had time. Yeah, I hear you there. I did forget to mention the last time that we were, uh, recording that I played through the rest of the Tales from the Borderlands Mm -hmm. and completed that, the Telltale game. Nice. Um... It had been over a year since I played the first episode, and I finally went back, and I had them all, like, they were all queued up to go, so I played them all. The second one, I liked it. It had a good hook that brought me into one to play the rest of them. And then I actually laughed for the first time in the whole series, like, legitimately laughed at episode four. There was a funny moment that was really good. A lot of good charm in that game. Great self-contained story. Leaves it open for a sequel. Uh, And I think at this point, I would lean towards wanting to play the sequel if and when it does come out. I would wait probably until two or three of them are stacked together to play it, but uh, it was overall worth the journey. So that's about it as far as me. Oh, no, there is one more thing. (laughs) There's a TV show that is uh, new on NBC called Superstore. 
we were looking for just something to watch, and you know, the, the our typical shows haven't come back yet. Mm-hmm. So I was looking on Hulu, and it was on there the first five episodes of Superstore, which basically takes place in a Walmart, and okay. it's this it's all the stuff that happens at a Walmart. I guess you could say it's hilarious, uh, very entertaining, more so than I thought it would be. So I, if you're looking for a funny movie, that's mm-hmm. a good one to go. So anyway, that'll do it for us this week. I thank you for listening. Thank you, Alex, for joining me. And we hope that you have been entertained.